podcast. I really hope you like it. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West. And as always, I really hope you like it. I hope you're having a great day today. And uh, I'm super excited for today's episode because my guests are very near and dear to my heart. Mother's Day is just around the corner. And so I found two of the greatest moms around and decided to have them as my guests and to have a special time together in honor of all the moms out there. So welcome to a special Mother's Day edition of the Matthew West Podcast. Now, speaking of Mother's Day, in case you have not yet found the perfect present for your mom, I want to let you know about our next virtual concert that's taking place this weekend, Mother's Day weekend. It's called West Friends Fest, and this is going to be an amazing time. Now, there are five different showtimes taking place throughout the weekend from May 7th to the 9th, and it's called West Friends Fest for a reason, and that's because I'm going to be joined at the Story House by some incredible artists, a lot of whom have actually been guests on the podcast. So who might be there? Well, Carly Pierce, ACM Award country star, Annie F. Downs, my favorite author and podcast host, Austin French, Micah Tyler, I Am They, Rhett Walker, Kane, Baylor Wilson, Hope Darst, Ann Wilson, Leanna Crawford. That's quite a lineup, wouldn't you agree? I know you're thinking, Wow, this is amazing. How can I get tickets? Well, easy. Go to MatthewWest.com right away to get your tickets. Find the showtime that works for you. And then uh, gather your family around, you know, or have your mom join you, whatever, whatever it may be. One ticket gets you access to the show. There's a bunch of VIP passes as well that you can find uh, if you want to do that. We've got a special Matthew West is my friend t-shirt in some of the VIP packages. You can join us for a pre-show VIP meet and greet as well. But we wanted to make tickets affordable for everybody. So there's a general admission ticket to make sure that you can be there. So don't miss it. As a listener of this podcast, you're going to get five bucks off at checkout. Use the code PODCASTPAL to get five bucks off your ticket. And don't miss West Friends Fest. It's going to be amazing. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. So be sure to join us. All right, let's get on with today's show. My guest today is from Nashville, Tennessee. She lives in Nashville, Tennessee currently. She lives with me. So she did not have to travel very far to get to the story house because she is my best friend. She is my lovely, talented, amazing, beautiful wife, Mrs. Emily West. We're going to the story house without further ado with Emily West. When I think of my next guest, the words of a famous poet come to mind. That poet's name is Tom Jones. Well, she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind you'd like to flaunt and take to dinner. She always knows her place. She's got style. She's got grace. She's a winner. She's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a lady. <laughs> Talking about my little lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And that lady is mine. <laughs> Those are some wise words. Uh, I'm going to go into verse two. Well, she's never in the way. Always something nice to say. Oh, what a blessing. I can leave her on her own knowing she's okay alone. And there's no messing, meaning you're faithful. Because <laughs> is... she's a lady. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa. She's my lady. Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Emily West is in the house. Come on, everybody, make some noise. Here Hello. she is. Happy to be here. Special Mother's Day edition of the Matthew West podcast. And I thought to myself, okay, for this special Mother's Day edition, I need to interview the two greatest moms I've ever seen in action. The one who brought me into this world and the one who helps me make it through this world. And you're the second one. <laughs> How are you, honey? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you for being a guest. Now, um, are you a uh, you a fan of the show? Love the show. Could you uh, 
Expand upon that? Could you show a little more enthusiasm? I <laughs> love the podcast. It's so great. You work so hard and you have awesome guests and I've learned, I've grown, I've re... I've, you free? Free. I don't know what I was going to say. I just love it. Well, I love you. And um, I wanted to have the listeners, they love you, by the way. And everybody loves you. To know you is to love you. You're an amazing person. You're an amazing wife. You're an amazing friend. And you're an amazing mom. And so I just thought for this special Mother's Day edition of the podcast, we would get to know you a little bit and talk about what motherhood means to you. I want to talk about where you've come from and how it's made you the person you are today and the mom you are today. So maybe should we first talk about what qualifies you to speak about being a mother? Well, we have (laughs) two. I am a mother. We have two daughters, Lulu's 15, Delaney's 12. So I've been a mother for 15 years. I'm certainly not an expert on motherhood, but I'm an expert on raising Lulu and Delaney for sure. Okay, so why is there a difference between the two? You're not an expert on motherhood, but you're an expert on your kids. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Just I think that every family knows what's right for them. You know, we we got pregnant. We read Happiest Baby on the Block and all these baby books, and we put you them on the schedule. <laughs> well, I read them, and then I gave them to you to take on the road right, with right. highlighting. And then we decided to get our kids on a schedule. I nursed for a year. I, You know, we, we sort of—that's the way we did it. And that's what worked really well for our girls and, and continues to. We are, you know, pretty strict about social media. We're not letting them do a lot of things maybe that other families might be. And that's what works for our family. But that may not be. I have friends who still have kids that sleep in their bed at seven years old. And that works for them. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Every family's different. And I just know what works for our family, for our children, for our crazy life with you traveling. And, you know, so that's what I mean by that. I'm not in judgment of the way anyone else parents. I'm just telling you, I know how to parent these two. And what you're saying in that is with every kid, it's it's a different situation, even within your own home. Absolutely. Right? They're so different. I mm-hmm. see the way that you shift your leadership style, which really being a mom is being a leader. I think some of the greatest leaders in the world are moms, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And they're, I mean, I, I definitely see that in action in our own home. But the way that you parent one daughter versus the other even that can shift from day to day, right? Yes. One of our daughters is very laid back, wants to try everything, really doesn't stress much. When she does, we're, you know, we're all stressed because and then the other one is a little more of a worrier. You know, she, you know, to speak sternly to one works well whereas It doesn't work as well. It hurts another one's feelings. Do you know what I mean? So, yes, navigating the waters and what they both need. It's so interesting to me how they can be so different yet be are being raised in the same home. Could you tell early on with our daughters their different personalities? Or, like, at what point did you start to notice the differences in their personalities? I mean, with Lulu, our oldest, she just was who she was. And we kind of felt like maybe all kids are this way. She was a dream when it came to being an infant and sleep schedule and eating and she would try foods and she walked at 14 months and she just, that's what she did and that's all we knew. But then when Delaney came along, we kind of compared them and Delaney was a little bit more vocal, more feisty. I remember going (laughs) on the road with you when she was 10 months old and we were like, this is going to be great. And we put Lulu in her bunk. She crawled under the covers and went to sleep. The bunk on on a tour bus, by the way. So we brought a a 10-month-old on a tour bus with a band. So Mm -hmm. that was a horrible idea to begin with. Yes. But, you know, we were just trying to make it work. We should have done it sooner probably. But then we've got Delaney, 10 months old. She's frightened of her bunk. She doesn't understand why we're not with her because we slept in the back. And she screamed all night. Don't you remember that? Oh, yeah. And we got up with her and we're walking, but the band's asleep and we're worried about waking everyone. And she just wasn't having it. So I think from the beginning, she's been more feisty. Is that the word? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. But she's also sweet and has like this conscience about her and this sensitivity towards everyone towards everybody Mm -hmm. and and a level of affection too it's amazing what okay so i should also preface this by saying we have two daughters but you have often referred to me as like having me in the house as being like having a third child (laughs) so would you say that's still the case you feel like you're raising three kids even though one of them you're you're married to i don't 
feel that way as much now that you're home more. Oh, because it felt. So I've grown. I've matured. You. You've matured over the last year. Um, I think when you are on the road, you get used to living in a hotel or in a dressing room. Yes. So you're not noticing like trash needs to go out. I shouldn't leave my clothes and shoes and everything all over the house because somebody does that for me. Because someone does it for Mm, you. Interesting. When you come home, I don't want to be the maid. The chef, another would you person. be the chef? I'm the chef. I'm, I'm always the chef. But not much. the maid. I don't want to be the maid. Okay, let me write this down. <laughs> okay. This is good. We've been married 18 years, coming up on 18 years. So I'm glad I'm finally mm-hmm. learning this. This is fantastic. <laughs> Let's talk about when both of our daughters were born. Was it always your dream to be a mom? Where did that fall in line in terms of your priorities and your, your life goals before being a mom? You know, it sounds strange because, I mean, even Lulu was telling me in her, the 15-year-old, in her Bible class yesterday, they had them plan their wedding. And they were supposed to go on Pinterest and get pictures and flowers. In Bible class? In Bible class at school. Christian school. Why are they rushing that I don't know. And I thought, I never thought of that kind of stuff when I was a teenager. I never, ever, ever. I think I thought about who I would marry. And I remember every time... Um, you know, when the clock turns like 2.22 and you say a wish, do you ever, do you do that? Or like when 11.11, make a wish. Well, I'm I'm a Christian, so I, <laughs> I don't, I pray, but I don't really, I'm well, not I superstitious. Pray. I prayed for that too, but every time, <laughs> I can remember this from very, from my, you know, teenage years on, every time I would see a clock that would have um, a number, I would say, I wish to marry someone wonderful. <gasps> I wish. What? And look. It worked. Did it work? It worked. Wow. Well, do you think you never thought about, do you think the way that you were raised was a contributing factor to maybe why that wasn't on your radar? Or even maybe let's talk a little bit about your own childhood and your own experience with your parents, because I'm I'm fascinated because I've, I already know you so well that I know what has contributed to you becoming the great mom that you are. But let's talk about just how you grew up. Okay. So, yes, this adds to the last answer. So my parents got married young and had my sister. And six years later, I was born. They divorced when I was four. So I have no memory of their marriage. You know, when I try to think back to like my earliest memory, it doesn't involve them being married. And then when they divorced, my father moved to Richmond, Virginia and remarried shortly after, and he married someone with three children. And he went on to raise those three children. We saw him in the summer. We went to visit him in the summer. So basically, I was raised by my mom, a single mom at home. And then since my sister's six years older, she was a big part of me growing up. So having no... I won't say that my parents didn't like having children. I just think we weren't a priority, mm. in all honesty. My dad was really busy. He worked. He traveled. You know, I only saw him in the summer. And then my mom, without going into too much, she just, you know, wasn't keeping down jobs. She right. had lots of different boyfriends. Some lived with us. It wasn't a great example of marriage It wasn't a great example of parenthood either. I can remember, you know, choir concerts and football games and different things her not showing up for. I can remember going and buying my own prom dress and just getting ready and going to prom, you know, things like that that she wasn't involved in. So I think we say I sort of learned what not to do. You know, if I were to say these things to my parents now, they would both say they did the best they could. And I— Would you you agree to that or No. For my dad, I would because he was so far away from me. And yes, I would say he did the best he could. Yes, I would have liked more coming from my dad, honestly. But my mom, no, I don't. I don't think that. If that's the best she could do, that breaks my heart because I didn't see much effort. There was a lot of, yeah, just a lot of neglect. No, you're right. And I think the proof is in, you know, just the reality that, you really, to this day, your relationship with your own mom is non-existent. Right, right. And and I'm not sharing something that you wouldn't, no, you know, readily share. I mean, you know, I sing about letting the truth be told all the time, but you live that. Mm-hmm. You let the truth be told, the good, the bad, and the broken. Sure. Would you say that in a lot of ways you kind of had to raise yourself? Oh, sure. You and your sister? Yeah, I think so. I think my sister was a big part of just protecting me, making sure there were things that I didn't see that went on in my home. And I'm so grateful for her for that. 
But then my sister left when I was 12. She went off to college. So from then on, absolutely. I mean, from getting a job very early, I wrapped presents, I think, when I was about 14 or 15 to earn money to buy clothes and things I wanted. And um, just, you know, setting my alarm, getting up, making my lunch, like all the things, getting rides to and from places. Absolutely. So how has not being able to have a relationship with your own mom the way that any daughter would would hope or dream for, how has that impacted your own relationship with our daughters? I think it's made me really press in and be more involved. And I, I don't know if it's that I press in and am more involved because I don't have a relationship with my mom now. I think it's probably more because I'm being what I always wanted, if that makes sense. Like, I would have, it makes, chokes me up. I would have loved for her to be involved and know my friends well and come to everything. And she didn't. And I think, I hope I'm I'm good about just letting my kids know I'm there. And we, you as well. We both want to see everything and do everything and know their friends and have them over. And, you know, we've built an environment to have our kids at home as much as we can because we know our time is limited with them. And I think more what I didn't get as a child is speaking into how I am as a parent more than not having her now. The biggest blessing you know, in the last 18 years since marrying you has been your mom stepping in. It's okay, babe. <laughs> to fill that void. Yeah, she loves you so much. <laughs> yeah, and I love her too. So I think if I didn't have that, if you didn't have that, this this not having a mother would be a lot harder. Yeah. And the example your mom said. You know, she's been through a lot raising kids and she still loves y'all and loves you and your two brothers and their wives just like they're her own. And we've all hurt her at one time or another somehow. And yet she keeps loving us, your dad too. But so here's the thing that's always astounded me is I know how you grew up. I know how fast you had to grow up. I know that, uh, you know, no kid should have to be in that situation, but I'm constantly amazed by how you, you said this earlier. I mean, your approach to the mom that you've become without maybe the example that you, that you had hoped to have, you've approached it from a determination of, I am not going to recreate the same home life that I had. Right. And right. I'm approaching parenthood as a dad from a perspective of there's a whole lot more I care to repeat from my parents than the opposite. What would you say to somebody who is listening, who is maybe fearful that they're going to recreate the same dysfunction? What would you say to somebody who's experienced dysfunction in their life and is worried that they're going to continue that cycle? Because you're obviously somebody who has broken the chains of dysfunction and as one of my songs says, brought new life to our family tree. Right. That's one of my favorite songs you've written. I would just say, like, for me, what I did is I just put my foot down and I wasn't going to have it. I wasn't going to allow it. I wasn't going to, I didn't want my kids to feel the way I felt, neglected, alone, very alone. And it's easy not to do. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, I can see myself as a little girl and the hurt that I felt and then I look at my kids and think, I will never, I've said that to the girls before, there will never be a day that will go by as old as you get that we won't talk. Do you know what I mean? I want to be involved in their lives. I want them to, you know, we homeschooled for years and we stopped homeschooling so that they could go to school and face peer pressure and boyfriends and all the things that come with school so that we could walk them through it. You know, there's so many things that I did and said to friends when I was younger that I didn't know any different. I didn't know better because no one was guiding me. Mm -hmm. So there are just so many things that I think I wanted to do differently. As an adult, looking back, you know, we waited to have children. We were, I was 32, 32 when Lulu was born. You know, I was mature. I knew what I wanted. I knew I knew I wanted our marriage to work, and I knew that that was important. I remember, I've said this before, on our wedding day, we got in the back that old limousine and we drove from the reception and we were both kind of quiet and but and I thought okay this is it like we're married and then the day Lulu was born I thought even more oh no 
this is it. Do you know what I mean? Like I was, yes, oh, I'm glad obviously. You didn't stop it. Oh no, <laughs> no, I was obviously committed to our marriage, but there was just something about bringing a baby into our marriage the that final it was door like, had been yes, locked. that was it. It was shut and, and locked and when, bolted. When Delaney was born, you were it like, was like even more. Oh wow, uh-huh. that's awesome. Do you put a pressure on yourself to be perfect as a mom? Um, yeah, I mean, probably, but I know I'm not. But I just. You know, I don't know. We just have routines, and I'm an Enneagram 8. I'm a type A. I'm a planner and a systems person. And, you know, when everybody comes home, pretty much phones go away, and we do homework, and I make dinner. And you know what I mean? Like, it's all very organized, and that works really well for me. If your personality was the mom, it would be a little more fly by the seat of your pants. But you know what I mean? Just because you're kind of like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's a structure that you bring to our home that— it makes this home run like a well-oiled machine, you know. But I, I do feel like you you do such a great job with our kids. I'm constantly blown away by it. I want to know how important has your faith in Jesus been in terms of the way that you go about raising our kids? Like, I know this. I'm, I feel weird because I'm asking questions I know the <laughs> answer to, but I think it's going to encourage other people out there. Again, somebody out there who's trying to figure out how can I be the best mom or the best wife or whatever it may be, especially with, you know, Mother's Day coming up, you know, how important has your faith been in your whole journey? My faith has been the most important thing. And having children and pointing them to Jesus has been, I would, wouldn't you say, our biggest um, concern, our biggest goal, goal yeah. for sure. It's it's coming to us for help, but more so than that, it's us pointing them to Jesus in all things, in friendship problems, in a bad grade, and not making a sport, in all of that, just praying about it. Their future. Their, you know? Yes, their future. I mean, who they're, you know, they're going to meet, all the things. Yeah. Like, well, apparently they're planning their wedding. I know, at school. I don't know what that was about. I don't even know. Yes, that's been number one in our in our family, in both of us, and in praying together. We've I've read so many books about parenting and Christian parenting, and it talks about have your children pray. Don't just pray with your children. Have them pray out loud Mm. for your family and just peeking inside their hearts you know like I was telling you one day I went up into Lulu's closet and and, um, I was putting some clothes away and I'd shut it's a little walk-in closet and I'd shut the door and on the back of her closet were all these post-it notes and there were prayer requests from people she'd put on Instagram you know if you have a prayer request let me know and she'd written them down and put them on post-it notes on the back of her door almost like a little war room like a little prayer room you know and I thought it just warmed my heart because you know when they're 14, 15, sometimes you're going, are they listening? Are they? And here she was, proof that she understands that prayer is the answer to anything. Well, speaking of prayer then, what is your prayer for your children as a mom? What's your prayer for Lulu, Luella Jane West, and Delaney Ruth West, the the great joys of our lives? I think my prayer for them would be just that they they love the Lord and make Him known in all that they do, in their friendships, in, you know, their children and grandchildren and generations to come, that they be led by His love, that they lean into Him in the worst parts, in their worst days and in their best, and thanking Him and praising Him. Honestly, that would be it. It's not that they have a job that makes them millions of dollars or that they're famous or that they're, but that they love Jesus and they make Him known. She's the best mom. She's the best wife. And she's my best friend. And her story is proof that it doesn't matter where you come from. What's behind you does not have to dictate the path in front of you. And what a great message for moms in this special Mother's Day weekend. Emily West, Mrs. M. West on Instagram. Is there anything specific you'd like me to buy you for Mother's Day? (laughs) Yes, and it's very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, okay. Let's hope we get some more sponsors to this podcast. This is an expensive time of year for me because it's your birthday, our anniversary, and Mother's Day all within a week of each other. So uh, I got to go play some shows. I got to go write, I got to go write, try to write a hit song just to afford you. All right, I love you, babe. Love you. You know, I'm going to be honest. There are some titles that I like to answer to more than others. Titles like singer, songwriter, recording artist, podcast host, touring musician. 
But 2020 took me and all the other recording artists off the road, and it forced me to reluctantly embrace another title that I normally shy away from, and that's the title of CEO. And I know firsthand how difficult it is to find the right people and get them in the right position at your company. Well, if you're using anything other than Indeed for your hiring, you're wasting your time. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. And with Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time and only pay for what you need. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates with zero weight. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash West. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash West. Indeed.com slash West. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, now it's time for Songs from the Story House. Today's Song from the Story House is a special song in honor of Mother's Day. It's called Becoming Me. I think you're the prettiest girl Probably in the whole wide world Sometimes I watch you brush your hair You don't even know I'm there and I hear Baby, you don't want to catch a cold As you're kneeling down and zipping up my coat You're always looking out for me But your kiss upon my cheek Keeps me warmer than you know I've never had to find out what it's like to be alone and as far as I know, mom is just another word for home They say I'm the spitting image of the one I look up to And I just smile Cause anyone can see it's true I'm becoming me because of you So you guys know that I write songs inspired by people's stories. And when I do that, what that opens up is the chance for me to write songs from all different sorts of vantage points. And then it starts to kind of change the way that I see the world throughout my everyday life. I can see the world from these different perspectives, from these different vantage points. And the reason I explain that is because the vantage point for this particular song is sort of interesting. In other words, I'm writing this song and I'm singing this song from the perspective of myself as a little kid. And I'm saying things that maybe at a young age, I don't even realize that I'm thinking, but I'm feeling every bit of them. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but in my head, it makes sense to me. In other words, I'm thinking about my mom as I'm writing these lyrics and I'm picturing moments in my own childhood, moments that are small but big, if that makes any sense. And I'm thinking about how my mom was with me every step of the way. Take a listen to this second verse, and I think it'll explain a little bit about what I'm talking about. Chocolate ice cream melting down my chin. Ferris wheel goes round and round again. Happy birthday, make a wish. Can it always stay like this? Finally kiss those training wheels goodbye. You've always made me feel like I could fly. When I fall and scrape my knee, the first one running after me is you. Sing, give it one more try. I've never had to find out what it's like to be alone. And as far as I know, mom is just another word for home. They say I'm the spitting image. 
Now, one of my most vivid and powerful childhood memories was how many times I would happen to walk by my parents' bedroom and I would hear my mom whispering a prayer. And sometimes I would peek in the door and I would see her on her knees praying. And she was praying for me. She was praying for my brothers, praying for us. And I'll never forget that. And that's why I wrote the words to this bridge. Take a listen. Now, as my exit to this song, I wanted to kind of pretend that I was sitting up in my bedroom (laughs) at 6146 Janes Avenue in the house where I grew up, and I wrote from that perspective of smelling some cookies that my mom's baking, and uh, and kind of just as if I'm almost writing in a journal and just uh, saying these words, Mom, anyone can see it's true that I'm becoming me because of you. This song's for my mom, this song is for my wife, and uh, maybe today this song's for any moms out there listening, just to know that the impact you're having on your kids, you can never imagine how deep that impact is, and may God continue to give you strength as you raise up your kids to realize that their story matters. I'm becoming me because of you. I love you, mom. (laughs) Listen to this last part of the song. she is my mom and she gives good advice and that's why this last segment of today's show is called mom vice which means i have to revise the theme song she is my mom and she gives good advice and that's why this segment is called mom vice cheer for that mom yay that was awesome okay good mom how are you today i'm great too often, you are the one behind the scenes. It's been much of the story of your life. <laughs> Loving, serving, giving, praying, lifting up, behind the scenes. Uh, they say behind every good man is a good woman. Behind every good son is an amazing mom who uh, is always praying for him. And that is the story of you. And uh, today you are coming out from behind the scenes and you are a featured guest on the incredibly popular podcast that's sweeping the land. I am Your so son's honored. podcast. I'm so honored. <laughs> now, are you a regular listener to the podcast? I am a regular listener. I miss no podcast. <laughs> you miss no podcast? No podcast. No, just, I miss no podcast. I only watch you. I only listen to your podcast. Oh, okay. So, yes, okay. but I never miss one of yours. Well, thank you. Yes. And uh, I'm going to guess your favorite part is dad vice, where you get to hear the love of your life, <laughs> share the wisdom you probably, I mean, you've been married for how long? Uh, we're heading to 51 <laughs> years. 
<laughs> so you've heard plenty of his wisdom. Plenty of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. You uh, didn't have to travel very far. Oh, no, no, just across the backyard. Yeah, tell the listeners why that is. <laughs> well, we live here with uh, Matthew and Emily and the girls, which has been a huge blessing. We have our own... Um, Apartment, really? Apartment, yeah. It's it like turned, a West compound. Yes, it's a West compound, and we have our own a little cottage, uh, and we're so excited. We love it up there. Yeah, you can look out the window and see me at the story house. Yes. And I'm usually writing songs or I've mm -hmm. got an artist over here. Or I'm yeah. working on the podcast. So you've been basically, you're keeping tabs on me just as you <laughs> did when I was a rebellious teenager. Right. right? Where is he? What is he doing? Uh, <laughs> Who are his friends? <laughs> you know, Mother's Day is upon us and I just thought it would be cool to talk to two of my favorite moms. And one of them we just spoke to, the listeners got to hear from Emily West, Yes, who you love. She's an awesome girl, awesome mom, Well, awesome I am, wife. I'm not going to spoil it, but when you hear what she had to say about you, it's going to make you cry. Oh, uh, But she just has so much love for you, as do I. Oh. And uh, I just, you know, you have so much wisdom and you've lived so much life. That's my polite way of saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about, okay, so where you grew up. Mm -hmm. Where did you grow up? Oh, where did I grow up? I thought you were <laughs> leading it. Yes, I grew up in Michigan. Yes. Yes. And mm -hmm. talk about your family. All right. There was just myself and my two brothers. I'm the oldest. We lived in a little place called Farmington, Michigan and Livonia, Michigan. Mm -hmm. I guess the things that mark my life is um, my father was not a believer for many years, and my mom prayed faithfully, and he gave his heart to the Lord, which was a wonderful transformation in his life. Yeah. And then we lost my dad when I was 14. So that was um, that was a difficult time, but a time where I saw my mother show great strength. Wow. We also, um, my youngest brother had cancer, and so my parents had... Uncle Doug. Yes, and so my parents had that traveling to New York City. Back then, that's the only time, only place that you could get treatment for retinoblastoma. So as a kid, we used to had a lot of different things going on in our family, and yet I saw my mom just remain strong through all of it. Is that one of your biggest takeaways, one of your biggest lessons learned from grandma? Yes. She's funny. She's 89 now. And when difficult times happen and we talk about it, I'll say, mom, are you all right? She said, well, I don't have a choice. We just keep going, don't we? And she just puts her trust in the Lord, tries to find a sense of humor in things and stays strong. So I've seen, she's been a good example for me. She's been through hard things in her life. It's not been a bed of roses. And yet she rejoices and is a faithful prayer warrior. And was church and Christianity part of your whole childhood? Yes. Uh -huh. I was raised in church. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was eight years old. A pastor's wife presented the gospel message in our little class up on the platform. I think there might have been nine little kids. And I gave my heart to the Lord at that time. And uh, That's your blue couch moment? That was my blue couch moment, sitting on the platform of a church. And when she finally talked about if I would have been the only little girl, Jesus would have died for me. It touched mm. my heart. Mm. And that made a difference in my life. I love that. And you've never forgotten that moment. Never. You were eight years old. Eight years old. Which then led to you going on to Bible college. Yes. Now, did you go to Bible college because you wanted to be in ministry? Or what prompted the decision to go to North Central Bible College in Minneapolis? Well, that's a funny thing. I thought, well, I probably will never get married. I'll probably just be a single missionary. Why did you think that? Well... I, I didn't think I was just so beautiful. And I thought that, I thought that, well, I probably won't get married. I'll just be the most sacrificial thing I can do was is be a missionary. And be a missionary? <laughs> but you but you tell stories of like the wasn't there some dude like with <laughs> huge muscles that oh, was yes, like he, after you? Bodybuilder, yes. A bodybuilder. Yes. <laughs> so that didn't make you feel prettier or something? <laughs> well, 
Oh, that's funny. Oh, the, the stories we tell our children and they remember. Yeah, remember that, Yeah, because you would moms? say that to like rub it in dad's face. Yeah. You'd be like, oh. remember the bodybuilder wanted to date me or whatever. The I don't man know, maybe I that left, was in college. The men I left behind, right? Yeah, the men you left behind. Yes. No, I just felt like God had a call on my life, really. And I just thought, well, I'll probably be a missionary in Africa. Well, where do you find someone who would follow that suit. So I just thought, well, my first thing really is to seek God and do what God wants me to do. So I actually went to Bible college thinking I would do four years there, go on and do a secular college and become a teacher and then go on from there. But when I got to North Central Bible College in Minneapolis, God had other plans. I rather like them. (laughs) And, And how did you meet dad? Oh, okay. Great story. Our love for sweets and ice cream probably drew us together, but we were, I was on my way to the Dairy Queen. He was on his way to the Dairy Queen, and we have mutual friends, and we met in a park. That explains so much. <laughs> it Dairy does. Queen's been such a pivotal part of our whole family story. <laughs> exactly. It's also a huge reason why I had to work out <laughs> extra hard uh, before I, too, could find a girl. <laughs> there you go. So you met on the way to Dairy Queen. Yes, And uh, was it love at first sight for you or for him or how did now he notoriously the stories I've heard about him, people would not have guessed how shy he was as a young man. Oh, yes. I mean, nobody would have thought that he was going to wind up becoming a preacher who is going to speak publicly which now he does, you know, through the podcast right. and through our weekly devotions. Right. But he was pretty quiet, right? He was so shy. And so we just met each other. It was a casual meeting and then went on to the Dairy Queen. But my brother, he actually was a friend of my brother Chuck's and they lived in the men's dorm. So after that meeting, my brother called me and said, Hey, do you want to go on a date with Joe West? And I said, Well, all right, I will, but you have to tell him who it is. <laughs> this is so funny. I said, you have to tell him who it is first, because if you tell him it's me and he's disappointed, then I'm not going. And so <laughs> it says a lot about my self-confidence, doesn't it? <laughs> so anyway, he calls me back and said, hey, I got you a date to the youth event and he wants to go. And I said, well, what did he say? And he said, he didn't say anything, but he was singing in the shower. Oh. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, then, all right, I'll go. So and, that boosted your self-confidence oh, a little yes, bit? Yes, if he was happy about that. And then so we went on a first date, and we never dated anyone else. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, he stayed in school. You mm-hmm. dropped out. Yes, after two years. It was a different years. time back then, yes. right? And uh-huh. so you dropped out after two years, but not mm-hmm. because you couldn't graduate, but because... Right. You went to work, is that right? Right. I worked full-time, and back in the day, which was so many years ago, uh, North Central Bible College, when your husband graduated, they kind of gave you an honorary certificate, and it was called the PHT, and it was called Putting Hubby Through. Are you serious? (laughs) I'm totally serious. I probably didn't tell you that. It's like the MRS degree. Yeah, so I actually do have a degree. (laughs) It's a PHT degree? Putting Hubby hubby Through through. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. And you worked as a... Were you like a phone operator? Yes, I was. Switchboard operator, several different places. Minneapolis Blood Bank, Credit Union. So the PHT, (laughs) I've never heard that before. Yes. But that's fascinating. Fascinating. Now, you did not have kids right away for obvious reasons because, you know, school was the focus. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, for less obvious reasons, you you had a hard time uh, conceiving. You waited for... How many years? Seven years before you were born. Seven years. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, I remember you always tell the story that at a certain point you had maybe just decided it wasn't meant to be. Yes. We had, of course, this is many years ago, things were not as sophisticated. So we had tried so many things and finally nothing was happening. We were not having a baby. So we actually had our name on three waiting lists at adoption agencies when um, we had just turned it all over to the Lord and said, if we're to have a child, we will. If we're to adopt, we will. Mm -hmm. So then when we found out we were expecting, we were beyond excited. You know, it was a miracle for us. Back in those days, could you find out what you were having? Did you know you were having a boy? No. So back in those days, it was you show up to deliver the baby, and that's when you're going to find out if it's a boy or a girl? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. When you, they just say, Mrs. West, you have, like you the know, baby like you won the lottery. And they're like, they're yeah. checking what's down there. Yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> so yeah. you weren't preparing for a boy. Did you have a feeling yeah. though? Did you have a, you know, they say sometimes people have a feeling that they're going to have a boy or a girl. No. no, we no because we just decorated the nursery in yellows and neutral and we didn't care. We were just so excited, you know. And so I was born. Did you already have the name Matthew picked out? We had Matthew picked out for a boy. Mm-hmm. Why? Matthew means gift of God. I knew that. I just wanted you to say it. So. <laughs> because you were you were a gift. We had <laughs> prayed so hard and and uh you know, we first laid eyes on you. You were so amazing. And uh you have three sons, yes. Joel and Adam are, mm-hmm. are my younger brothers. I'm yes. the oldest and I figured, you know, this is an opportunity with the microphone in front of you with the entire podcast audience listening, you can have your chance to tell any embarrassing story about me that you would care to tell right now, whatever comes to mind. I'm sure, I know I've put you through so much, but, <laughs> but you know, it's, I'm sure there's naked baby stories. There's, <laughs> there's plenty of moments that, uh, that you can tell the listeners. I'm sure they'll get a kick out of some embarrassing stories. So does anything come to mind? Yes. The first thing that comes to my <laughs> that, mind. That was way too <laughs> yes, quick. Yes, okay. I have so many. No, actually I have something that is always in my mind because I think it shows your personality and I, I believe that traits we see in our children, sometimes we might think, oh, this is negative, or or, how's this going to work for them in the future? But God is molding that child and going to use all those little personality traits for them in the future. And so when I think of you, and I see how your career has progressed, and maybe you go to a record label and they say, no, this isn't going to work, or no, this song isn't, or we don't, you know, not at this time. Yeah. You never take no for an answer. Okay, I think I think the listeners would know where I'm that's, going with that's this. That's where my daughter but, Lulu get my Lulu and Delaney get that from me. Yeah, then. but in your adult life and in your career and in the calling that God has had in your life, you have not let discouragement or no stand in your way. If somebody doesn't like a song, you'd say. Well, all right, I'm going to go home, write you new, and come back. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you this story, and I will never forget it. Well, one of the things is you wanted to go outside. We were going somewhere, and I had all three boys finally dressed. And any of you have more than one child, you know, getting all three presentable at one time is sometimes a challenge. Mm -hmm. So I had you all dressed, and we're getting ready to go somewhere. I think it was raining outside. So you went to the door and you said, I'm going to go outside and play for a while till we go. And I said, no, Matthew, we're not going to do that. We're going to stay inside. And so you put your hand on the doorknob, which is significant because it meant I'm going. Yeah. How long is it going to take me to get out the door? So you had your hand on the doorknob and you said, well, how about if I just go out for 10 minutes? And I'm like, no, Matthew, we're not going outside. The hand never leaves the doorknob. Because you know in your mind you're going. And so finally you said, well, can I just go out for four minutes? And I'm like, no, Matthew, we are staying inside. And you stand there, you look right at me and you say, can I just open the door and stick my leg out? <laughs> I mean, seriously, how could a mom ever forget that moment? Because he's you're engaging with me and you're like, I know I'm getting out. Just how far am I going to go? So that's one of my best stories about you because I saw you take that and be able to use that positively in your yeah. life and to accomplish things that God had planned for that's you funny. that a lesser... You know, a person that didn't have that much confidence would not be able to, you know, they'd say, well, that song's not good enough. Okay, yeah, I'll go home. I'm not meant for this. Not you. You knew what God meant for you to do, and there's never been a no that has stopped you, and, and that's God's working in your life. Well, a huge part of that confidence has come from the way that you've raised me and the way that you and Dad have raised me. You know, you've always made me believe maybe even sometimes to a fault that anything is possible, which is probably why for 10 years of my life, I thought I was going to play for the Chicago Cubs. But, um, but it's, to me, it's interesting to connect the dots that here you grew up, you know, you already alluded to a, a couple of moments that really illustrate that maybe you grew up with maybe without some self-confidence, right? Yes. And yet bit. you devoted your life as a mom to filling your own kids with confidence to believe mm-hmm. that that God was going to do great things mm-hmm. through our lives and that we could do great things 
when we put God first too, Absolutely. most of all. That was always most something that you mm-hmm. encouraged me. And that story you told wasn't nearly as embarrassing as many of the others you could have. The thought, the one I thought you were going to go with was Uh-oh. when I ran out of the apartment building oh. <laughs> buck naked because I yes. wanted to go to the pool. Yes, and yes. And then the we other one was when I was sleepwalking and peed on the uh, vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I guess now I just told him myself. Truth so be told. <laughs> I, yeah, truth be told. But uh, that vacuum cleaner uh, definitely needed to be cleaned itself. So Anyways, I used to sleepwalk, but uh, I don't do that anymore, thankfully, that I know of. No, that right. we know of. We don't have to that check we, with Emily if she hears if anything. I peed on any vacuum cleaners lately. <laughs> I'll have her check. Um, you know, one of my most lasting memories, I just talked about it in Songs from the Story House. We feature the song Becoming Me. And it talks about, it says, Every morning I can see you talk to Jesus by your bed. You pray for me and for the strength to face the day ahead. And more than anything in this whole world, I want to be like you. So I talk to Jesus too. And, you know, I've always described you to other people as a prayer warrior. You know, there's um, your devotion to devotion, (laughs) Mm -hmm. your devotion to prayer for your family and the way that you are just constantly lifting up other people, not just your family, but and people, and I guarantee you, anybody listening to this who knows you or has any relationship with you is nodding their head in agreement that, mm. that you are a prayer warrior. You do believe in the power of prayer. Where does that come from? I feel that it came from my mom because I saw her pray for my dad to give his heart to Christ. I saw my mom's first instinct Every time a difficult situation came in our life, a cancer diagnosis, a heavy trial, her first instinct was to go to God in prayer. And so I think that is where I got that. And then the church I grew up in very much believed in the power of prayer. And I just feel like, I guess if I had any calling in my life, I felt that that's something that God had on my heart. I enjoy praying for people, the prayer needs that come in. Um, Pop, we sometimes I'll go to bed at night and I'll just wake up and I'll just feel like there's somebody that needs to be prayed for. And I'll go check the prayer page and go through and pray for people. And and that's just, I guess that's who I am. <laughs> well, and I'm glad you brought that up because what a lot of people don't realize, so I talk about Pop We all the time on mm-hmm. the podcast. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's our nonprofit ministry. That's our ministry that we created to go deeper than just the concerts or just the songs on the radio. And so we reach out to so many people and so many people reach out to us at that yes. ministry. And one of the functions of the ministry, one of the the big heartbeats of the ministry is prayer. And what yes. a lot of people don't realize is that you're actually behind the scenes mm-hmm. in that, right? So maybe me and dad are the face of the organization, but you're a huge part of the prayer network that we have. And we have thousands of people thousands. praying for thousands of people. Yes, And it's, it's so cool how we're joining together as a community. So mm-hmm. if you're out there today listening and you're thinking, well, I have a prayer need and you're falling in love with my mom's heart like I would imagine you would, and you think, well, I'd love to know that Sharon West is lifting me up in my prayer need, you can go to our ministry's website at popwe.org. The shortest cut there is popwe.org slash prayer. And you can literally submit your prayer request, and we will be lifting you up, and you can know that mom is doing that. I truly agree with you that prayer is a calling for you. I can also let you know that there's no doubt in my mind that motherhood was a sweet spot and is a sweet spot for you. And now being a grandmother, you know, um, (laughs) there's not a cheerleading event you miss. There's not a lacrosse game you miss. Whatever they're into, you're into. And the way that you love on my daughters, your grandkids is just a sight to behold as well. And so I'm so thankful that not only that I've had you in my life, but that my daughters get to have you in their life. And just yesterday we were cheering on a a lacrosse game. Oh, so much fun. Scored a goal. So would you say that, you know, motherhood and being a grandparent has also been part of, you know, God's calling for you in life? Absolutely. Do you think it's a calling? Is that Yes. I do feel like God 
honored my heart and your dad. You know, we prayed faithfully, God, for, you know, please give us a, a children, give us a family. And so I never took that lightly. I felt like that was an answer to prayer. And how do we receive a gift with our open heart? We just, those children are our gifts and we love them and we nurture them. We do everything we can to pour into them and to pour God's word into their lives. So that has been awesome. And so I would say that trying to be a successful mom and dad was number one, even more than being the best pastor's wife or the best pastor for your dad and I. Your dad was always the one that he would get up in the night with you kids when you were crying. He was very attentive, be at all your games. And so I felt we partnered together to be the best parents that we could. But I will say when it comes to grandchildren, I'm thinking of Starbucks and I'm thinking you get your coffee and it's awesome and you can't wait to get it. But when they put whipped cream and caramel on top, that's what I think of grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> if that gives you a visual, I yeah. love being a grandma. I love pouring into their lives. At one point when you're when the girls were little and all my other grandchildren, your dad and I sometimes take time to tell them stories of our own childhood because someday we hope they'll learn a lesson from it or get to know us a little better. So definitely having grandkids, huge blessing. Well, you said that to me one time, I think after our first daughter was born, when Lula was born, I think you said to me while you were holding her one day, you're like, no offense, I loved raising you, but I think I found my calling. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, <laughs> well, uh, that's probably true. I love grandkids. They're a huge blessing. With this being a special Mother's Day edition of the episode, you know, you have so much wisdom that cannot just be kept to yourself. There's so many young moms out there or maybe expectant moms or just anybody out there. This is not just advice for moms, but I wonder if there's something that because I know that you're such a, a praying person and that you're tuned in to what the Lord's putting on your heart. I don't want to end our conversation without giving you the opportunity to share just that, like what the Lord's put on your heart, maybe some words of wisdom, some some mom vice, if you will. Great. Well, what came to my mind when I was thinking of all this is throughout my life as being a mom, there were times that things maybe didn't go the way I planned. Children made different decisions than I wanted them to make, different things. And I felt a guilt and so that's what I wanted to just talk about real quick with moms. There's a lot of mommy guilt, and we get a lot of prayer requests and parents saying, look, I feel like a failure. Mom's saying, I'm not a very good mom. I haven't, you know, and they can't let it go. They feel a lot of guilt. And I was really thinking about it this way. I thought, we moms can get on that train, that guilt train, and we can ride it. And it's a never-ending train. But my advice to you is to show yourself that same grace and mm. that same forgiveness That's that great. God has given you and you so freely give to your children. Yeah. You think about it. You freely forgive your kids. They hurt your feelings. They offend you. They don't obey you. They make decisions you may not like, but you forgive them. So it seems like that forgiveness flows to you and through to your children, but it doesn't stop and you don't give yourself that same grace. So if you're out there listening, and I know you are sometimes the moms, like I said, we get prayer requests and I just feel like I'm not a good mom. Give yourself that grace and say, God, you have forgiven me and I am doing my very best and I want to just keep showing your love and let myself off the hook. This Mother's Day, just let myself off the hook. Say, hey, I'm doing the best I can. And God, with your help, I'm going to be the best mom, the best grandmother I can be. I found a Bible verse, 1 Peter 4, 8. It says, keep your love for one another at full strength because love covers a multitude of sins. That's awesome. So God's love to us covers the multitude of our sins. Yeah. Same grace we show our children. Let's show that grace to ourselves. Allow God's love to be strong in us so that we can forgive ourselves because moms, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. It's going to happen. And so we just ask God to help us to give ourselves that gift this Mother's Day. That's such a great encouragement, not only for moms, but I mean, the parallel is there in all of our spiritual <laughs> lives, right? You know, just the, and I talk about it a lot because I deal with it a lot. This, you know, I sing about God's grace, but boy, I have such a hard time giving myself grace, mm -hmm. right? So imagine, you know, how you're going to walk through life with a limp 
if yes. you've only ever acknowledged God's forgiveness for you, mm-hmm. but then refuse to let yourself off the hook. Mm-hmm. That's stopping the full circle healing from taking place in our lives. Right. And so while your words of wisdom are for the moms out there mm-hmm. to let yourself off the hook, it's for everybody listening mm-hmm. right now, including us right in this moment. What a, just a powerful reminder that there is such a thing as walking in the freedom of God's grace. Absolutely. Not limping, right. but walking. And when you mm-hmm. experience that, you're going to be even more prone to start jumping for Absolutely. joy. Right. And so mm-hmm. I love that message. And it's a message that every single person, including the moms out there, can benefit from hearing today. Mom, I love you, and I am so glad that you would be a guest on your favorite podcast from what? your favorite son, maybe? No, favorite. Should, I yeah. shouldn't go there. I shouldn't go there. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Uh, I love you, Mom. Thank you for joining me. I love you. Thank you for letting me be a part of this and sharing with everybody, and bye. Go bye. All right, that's our show for today. I want to thank my guests, Emily West and Sharon West, two women in my life who have impacted me in huge ways. And they're a huge reason why I've become who I am today. They've shaped me, and I'm so thankful. Moms, all the moms out there, I wish you a happy Mother's Day, and I hope you know how appreciated you are, okay? And the last thing I just wanted to share, just like Emily shared earlier in the show, Just a reminder to anybody out there who's discouraged, maybe when they hear the word mom, uh, maybe it's somebody who's praying to become a mom and hasn't been able to get pregnant, whether it's somebody who had a difficult relationship with your mom, whatever it may be, perhaps Mother's Day brings about, you know, heartbreak or sadness or negative emotion. I just want to encourage you to know that God is with you. He loves you and he has plans for you. Now, whatever happened to you in the past, whatever is behind you, would you just remember today that it does not have to define you, okay? What's behind you does not have to define you. If you come from dysfunction, you don't have to be the one who creates more dysfunction. History does not have to repeat itself, okay? You can dream bigger than that because your God is bigger than that. And he's going to use you to bring new life to your family tree. God bless you. Thanks for joining me. Remember, it's your story for his glory. I'll see you next week on the Matthew West podcast. Seriously, I, I, I do.